You know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's not like reading the Gospels or uh, Acts, you know, it's literally like a, a letter, and it's one of Paul's later letters, and he wrote it from, like, Corinth, he had been kind of going around collecting money uh, for the church in Jerusalem, and he has yet to actually meet the church in Rome, and but he has this huge love for this congregation, uh, even though he's never met them. And so, uh, but when he finally does get to Rome, it's uh, in chains. And so, um, so this is one of those letters. Romans is one of those letters that once you start reading it, you kind of want to like keep reading it because it's all going somewhere. It's all part of this flow, and it's all sort of one thing is flowing into the next, and it's not really written in chapters, right? But we make it into chapters, and so it's all kind of heading somewhere. And so, uh, for some of us, it can kind of be difficult to understand what Paul means by a lot of what he writes, and his transitions are very ambiguous, and sometimes people take certain chapters out of Romans and, you know, start an entire other denomination out of it, you know, you know, anyway, uh, so, um, anyway, so we have to, to try to understand uh, where he's going with this, and, and anyway, so, uh, Hope you have faith in me to, to deal with some of this this morning. And I want to jump in verse 8 a little bit, and we'll try to walk through some of this. And this is kind of what happens this morning. Uh, and so as we read, it says, uh, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith. Uh, if you want to, feel free to like, kind of like circle anytime you see faith or uh, something like that. Um, or, um, yeah. Uh, is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers. You ever notice how Paul always says he does things without ceasing? And we're just going to wonder about it. Uh, asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I am longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Or rather, so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Uh, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I've often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I'm a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish, since my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who has faith, first for the Jew, also for the Greek, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. faith. Oh, and we're done. So, uh, yeah. Somebody say faith uh, this morning. Faith. 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 Let's work on some terms. Faith. Uh, faith. 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 Hill. Uh, no. uh, what are we talking about this morning? Uh, through faith, for faith, live by faith. You ever just read this and you're secretly like... What? Yeah, no, I was just like, uh, you know, just trying to make sense of it all. I remember um, when I was a, a youth and we did Bible quizzing and stuff. This was like, this verse was like always on the docket for like, we have to memorize this verse. And I remember reading it and rereading it and thinking like, okay, you know, I've got it. But like, secretly I'm kind of like, 
you know, like, why is this one? Like, why is this one really important? And, but it was always on there. And everyone, they would always read this verse, by faith, through faith. And, and all the old men would just nod their heads, you know. And, and you're just kind of secretly like, okay, I, I get it. But I don't know if I get it. Uh, and, and so it's just a little ambiguity, uh, right? I mean, whose faith are we talking about here? The Romans, Paul's, God's. Uh, you know, uh, through faith, I mean, what does that even mean? Uh, and so, but you have to admit, uh, sometimes when you just read this passage, you, you, you know, your head does kind of bob a little bit, you know? It's like your spirit is acknowledging something that's going on. Something is kind of touching your spirit. There's some sort of truth here. Uh, faith. Um, honestly, I think faith for us is a hard word today um, because it, it's like it can mean so much. Um, and because it means so much, it almost kind of means very little, right? Um, what do you have faith in, right? Tell us about your faith. The, the word can conjure up sort of emptiness and yet everything, you know what I'm saying, at the same time. Uh, uh, I, I wonder this morning if it might be far more helpful for us to talk about uh, faithfulness uh, in our context. Uh, faithfulness. You know, we all learn about faithfulness, I think, at a really early age, uh, right? Uh, probably before you ever turned three, you learned uh, just about everything about faithfulness uh, that will shape you for the rest of your life, right? Now, from what we know now. Uh, it's that, that crucial age before you have any memories, right? You learned all about faithfulness from your father or mother or other person who was either faithfully there or faithfully not there, right? Uh, you, you learned about what, what love is or maybe what love isn't or, or, or something. And it was through this this process uh, in your early years that kind of it shaped what faithfulness probably is in you today uh, in ways that maybe you'll never fully know or unearth or, you know, you'll probably spend a couple thousand dollars on counseling trying to figure it all out. Uh, you know, and so, and you can even, once you even know these signs, right, you can like see it in other people and, and other random little kids and they run up and hug your leg, you know, you've never met this child before, you know, and... Like why are you behaving this way? And and but there are little there are little signs, you know. It's like, well, what does this mean? Uh, how are we affected? Faithfulness, right? Uh, one of the great descriptors of God in the Old Testament uh, is right that Hebrew term Hesed, right? Look at someone and spit and say Hesed. Hesed, right? Uh, it makes a great. Uh, Hebraic tattoo on your ankle. Uh, so I've seen it many times. Or on your wrist. Uh, so uh, I know we've talked about this term countless times, probably. Uh, but uh, it means, uh, often translated as steadfast love, or sometimes it's just shortened to love. Uh, but it literally means just like covenant faithfulness, right? God's covenant faithfulness with his people, his chesed, uh, right? So this is this is our central, uh, especially Old Testament idea of, of, uh, of notion of who we know God to be. Uh, God is, is faithful. He is someone who is always with you. He, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't give up on you. Yeah, God keeps on. Uh, she never breaks her word. Uh, she loves her children at all costs. This is who we know God to be, right? Faithful, uh, covenant faithful. And so, uh, but it's hard to conceive uh, of this kind of faithfulness, right, in a world full of just like so much unfaithfulness. You know what I mean? 
uh, like you spend the rest of your life trying to wrap your mind around that, uh, right? Because we live in this this world that is so often not that kind of faithfulness. And so uh, I wonder if what if we're talking about this morning is, is kind of both, right? Uh, that that there's this sort of like our this sort of like God's faithfulness to us, uh, and therefore we learn how to be faithful, right? Our faithfulness back to God, back to one another, back to creation, uh, right? There's sort of this faith, through faith, by faith uh, kind of thing. And so I wonder this morning if the gospel doesn't become more alive for us as we begin to see uh, salvation as uh, relationship uh, this morning, right? That that salvation happens in a relationship, that there's sort of this dance uh that begins to happen uh, from faith to faith, right? We we rest in her faithfulness and we become more faithful like God, uh, right? So God's unwavering faithfulness to us. Um, patron saint of millennials, Father Richard Rohr writes, uh, this is not your hand now, so open your hands. He says, uh, I would name salvation as simply the readiness the capacity, the willingness to stay in relationship. As long as you show up with some degree of vulnerability, the spirit can keep working. Self-sufficiency makes God experience impossible. That's why Jesus showed up in this world as a naked, vulnerable one, a defenseless baby lying in the place where animals eat. Talk about utter relationship. Naked vulnerability means I'm going to let you influence me. I'm going to allow you to change me. The way of Jesus is an invitation to a Trinitarian way of living, loving, and relating on earth as it is in the Godhead. We are intrinsically like the Trinity, living in absolute relatedness, this is good to choose to stand outside of this flow is the deepest and most obvious meaning of sin. We call the love, we call the flow love. Maybe such a mystic. We really were made for love, and outside of it, we die very quickly. The word of Richard Rohr. Thanks, uh, Peter Richard. So, man, that, that is some uh, interesting things to marinate on, isn't it? Uh, salvation has this readiness, this capacity, this, this openness and willingness to, to stay in relationship. Uh, you ever been in a relationship you like just really didn't want to stay in? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you, like you got in it, you're in it for a while, and you're like... All right, how do I get out? Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it's just like you're just like you're just like trying to figure out how to like you're really hoping that the rapture comes and just yeah, no, you just you know there's only one way out of this one and it's the rapture. Uh, and uh, anyway, because staying in the relationship, right? It's just showing up. Well, that's the hard part, right? Staying in it. The, the vulnerability, like, it's hard. Like, re- the relationship is hard. I wonder if, what does it mean this morning? That, this, that salvation is in the relationship, uh, right? So, faithfulness. 
so key to this whole thing in this text, this, this is a gospel, this is good news, and what Paul wants you to know is for everyone, uh, right? And so he talks about this, this Jew-Gentile thing. This is, this is really big. These are really big ideas here, and he's just like, this is like block one, like Romans one, right? And it's really hard for us to wrap our minds around how big this context is. And so he uses these charged terms and talks about being ashamed and about the power uh, of the gospel uh, because he's claiming like some really big stuff, right? Uh, this is not for us. Like we read this and we're like, I'm ashamed of the gospel, you know? It's like, this is like, I'm not going to be ashamed to like say my prayers for my food in, in Applebee's, you know? Or like... I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm gonna hang this cross over my rearview mirror, you know. And, yeah, like, this is not what we're talking about. Uh, you know, these are this, there's something much more going on here. By the time remember he he does come to Rome, uh, he he comes in prison, and so um, so there's there's a lot at stake here, and there's a lot going on. And so uh, interesting. Back back to this quote. I'm gonna shift a little bit. Uh, he says uh, we are intrinsically like the Trinity living in absolute relatedness, and to choose to stand outside of this flow is the deepest and most obvious meaning of, of sin. Uh, isn't that interesting? Uh, who here loves to talk about sin this morning? Uh, just look at your neighbor and say, sin. 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 Oh. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, you know, when I grew up, like, man, we talk about sin, like, all the time. Like, it's like all we talk about. Like, every other Sunday, there's just like a mouth. Uh, but like, like, sin. Yeah. And uh, it's like, we, we knew how to talk about sin back in the day. Like, I've been to some revivals. Like, I mean, people's faces were getting red. And uh, anyway, but we don't talk about it that much anymore. And I'll be the first one to say, like, it seems far more beneficial to talk about whatever the opposite of sin is in general, like grace and love and peace and kingdom break in, and that sort of stuff. But you have to admit, uh, right, sometimes maybe the best thing for us to do uh, is to call out uh, some sin, right, and some sin in our lives and in the world, uh, right. And so Paul uh, Paul talks about this, and, and really it talks about idolatry, right, and it's kind of like sin in its most basic form. Uh, right. So um, I kind of keep checking through his so through this uh, verse 18. He gets to talking about uh, he talks about the wrath of God. Uh, and for us today, this often gets like intermingled with some really bad like angry God theology, uh, and we start projecting all sorts of stuff on this. But but really, what this language uh, means here, and what this derives from, is is that we're talking about the consequences of sin. Uh, all right, this is not about some angry God kind of, you know, this is about uh, what happens, uh, right, to, to sin, to darkness, to evil, in the presence of, uh, of a loving, good, good father, right, for some would say, uh, right, what, what happens to evil in, in the presence of a loving, good, holy God, uh, and so, verse 18, for the wrath of God, uh, and this, this consequence of sin is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness to those who, by their wickedness, suppress the truth. Um, know any truth suppressors? No, I've never done that. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things He has made. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God... 
They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Ever been there? <laughs> and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal human beings, or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Uh, so, you know, the longer, uh, the longer I live, I actually feel like I'm like settling into understanding that phrase that everyone throws around at some point about, you know, uh, going to be in the world, not of the world. And, uh, and, uh, and it was like a serious thing I heard a lot at, the, at a young age. And now it's like, I think it's like a private joke between me and Ryan sometimes. We just uh, throw it out there. But you know, in the world, not of the world. And uh, recently, so Emily and I celebrated our 10-year anniversary this week. Yeah. Hashtag, you know you've been around a while. When? Uh, and like you do on your 10-year anniversary, we went to like this German restaurant in Opera Mills, and uh, and then that was good, and anyway, we decided we're just going to meander around the mall after that, and we may or may not have does it at Buster's and stuff, but uh, man, it's just like, I'm never in a mall anymore, especially Opera Mills, and I always think one of two things when I'm in there, and that's like, one, I can't believe this used to be an awesome theme park. What have we done? And, uh, I know. I still have my 1995 season pass to Opryland. Uh, there is. Uh, anyway, it's awesome. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's going for like a million dollars me back. And uh, the other thing I think, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a huge mall. Like, if you, like, I used to work at the Rainforest Cafe, which is like. Uh, Mecca for everyone who visits Nashville, I think. But uh, it's insane in there, and I've got PTSD from it still. Uh, but it's just there's so much stuff in there, right? And never in my life have I felt so far removed, even more from like, I can't think of like, I barely anything in this entire place that I even like desire or want or need. Like, like probably like 75% of that entire place is like just clothes. Just clothes. Like raise your hand this morning if you have clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like I think we're all good. You know? It's just, it's unreal. Like, like what are we doing? Uh, I mean, it's just, anyway. So I, every time I'm in that place, I'm like, man, this is like pure, pure uh, idolatry. It's, it's so, uh, yeah, capitalism. Our God. So Paul writes to this church in Rome, and so he's talking about universalities, right? And he's trying to trying to tie dots together for the Jews and the Gentiles. He's talking about the universality uh, of sin, right? Uh, it's this picture he's painting. Sin is universal. Salvation is universal. That uh, what I find most intriguing, I think, about this passage, though, is that Paul also seems to talk about a, a universality of the knowledge of God. Uh, which I think is really interesting. Uh, for what for what can be uh, known about God is plain to them, right? Because God has shown it to them ever since the creation of the world, right? Uh, been understood through the things He has made. This is super interesting, right? There is something 
uh, in the created order, in the way the universe moves and turns and, and grows, right? Uh, something in nature, there's some spirit already at work in the world, right, that we should see the divine in, right? I mean, this is such cool language, right? There's this universality of beauty, right? It's like, I don't care who you are, right? If you take someone and put their butt on a beach in Maui and hand them a coconut like to drink, they're like, I don't care who you are. You like, you're like, yeah, you know, you're like, this is this is good, you know. I don't care who you are. You put someone on the beach in mind, give them something good to drink. You're like, this is what's up, you know. This is like the kingdom of heaven. There's this, there's this, you know. There, there's this something more in creation, right, as it's created to be, uh, that sort of draws us in, right. Uh, we call this the first incarnation, right? Um, as in Jesus was the second, and then just tracking, uh, right? That 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 through creation we actually come to know God through the way the universe is, is meant to be ordered, right? Genesis 1, right? We come to know God. Uh, God shows up, uh, right? And this is how we are saved. Uh, and so, yeah, what's happened, right, is that the very things that were created to lead us into worship, to partner and to relate with us, into worship, right, are the very things that now we've turned to worship, right? Like the, like we have turned to worship the thing, and the thing was actually the thing that was meant to lead us into to worship, right? It's, it's, it's been flipped on its head. Uh, and so uh, claiming to be wise, they became fools, right? He talks about exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being or birds or four-footed animals or reptiles, uh, right? Because sometimes uh, you just worship reptiles. And, uh, you know, we're doing yeah. this We are doing this more today than ever. Uh, are you with me? I mean, we have, we have shopping marts and online carts full of reptiles. It's, it's, it's called... The Amazon, uh, uh, and it's and it's and it's got us all. Um, so yes, it's it's got us all. Um, I would venture to say, um, in this sort of language Paul's using, there has never been a generation of people probably more. If we're going to talk about a people without excuse, uh, I, I wonder if there's ever been a generation more culture more without excuse than ours. Um, I mean, have you ever heard of a place that, that has uh, the? I mean, every every corner there's a church on every corner. Uh, you know, we are so drenched, uh, infused with the gospel in our in our time. There's such an irony here, you know. It's kind of like Jesus was so upset with the Pharisees. Why? Why is it? Why is it that Christians are literally? Uh, I'm gonna say some blanket statements. Uh, God help us. Why is it that that Christians seem to be the 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 like the planet killers? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we the ones doing the worst work in the world? It, it feels. 
You know, uh, and, and this is a little bit of just what stirs within me, but it's like something between like our American greed and our bad rapture theology that just makes us like the perfect storm for, for uh, taking care of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's this sort of like eagerness we get caught up in or we get sold about like receiving the abundant life that God has for us. Uh, you know, and then that gets coupled with our disposal attitude of materiality and yet our ironic worship of it. Oh, gosh, I'm not angry about it or anything, uh, but uh, we cannot continue to live that way and also continue to enter into the salvific dance that we were created for, uh, that we were meant to live with all of creation, Right? Once salvation becomes solely about your spirit, uh, once salvation becomes solely about your soul, uh, that is the very day that your body will burn. Which is fairly ironic uh, for most of our theology. Uh, I think about heaven and hell and such things. Right? The, 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 very, the very moment we make our salvation all about our soul, I, I would venture to say it's the very day that, that our bodies will find themselves free. And I think, you know, ironically, we're about one degree Celsius away. Uh, you know, I mean, what are we doing here? Right? How's that? There's so much irony. Uh, Paul, Paul goes on in actually chapter two, and it's not in your handout, but it is in your Bible. You should read Romans because it's got all kinds of stuff going on. But um, chapter two, verse 17. If you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast of your relation to God and know his will and determine what is best because you are instructed in the law and if you are sure that you are a guide to the blind and a light to those in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then that teach others, will you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You that forbid adultery, do you commit adultery? You that abhor idols, do you rob temples? You that boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Why? Yes, it is. I, I wonder if Step back a little bit. I, I wonder if we become so worried about worshiping reptiles in the church. You know, I wonder if we become ironically so uh, worried about the the idol worship, uh, and and so we've named sin and we've named this idol worship over and over again. That then inadvertently we've sort of fallen into bad relationship with creation, uh, with God's first incarnation, right? And our focus and our fear maybe around sin, right, uh, and I think our misunderstanding probably of hell, right, we've ostracized and we've demonized creation to the point that we've even named it as bad or expendable as other than ourselves. Um, we've missed the proper delight in earth creatures. Um, and that's meant to drive our efforts to understand the world better, right, and to live in it more wisely. Um, the problem arises when we refuse to see any divine reality beyond and through the creatures we encounter, right? 
We have fixated upon the goods and the beauties of creation and have not acknowledged their creator in gratitude and worship. And as John Wesley said, you know, love the creature, it leads to the creator. And so I wonder, wrapping up this morning, I might have gotten on a tangent, but I wonder if sin this morning uh, hasn't been made all about trying to keep the first few commandments. Like we've really gotten caught up in those those first few commandment, commandments, and we really know them well, and and uh, that you know we should not have uh, any graven images, know their gods before me, right? Um, and in trying to turn from worshiping idols, right, and in our turning from idol worship, I wonder if we found ourselves trying to worship a bodiless god. And we really know those commandments are about, like, don't take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> and, and, and in our uh, strong efforts to not use the word Lord out of context, right, uh, we, we've taken his name in vain every time we've harmed our planet uh, and done many other things as we've stepped out of right relationship with one another and with creation. And so these words, this law has so much to say to us this morning. This is why Jesus over and over again said, I have not come to abolish the law, right? Um, and I think we've done that in a lot of ways. Um, we are people who are unfamiliar with our salvation story, uh, right? If you, if you do read the Bible, it has all sorts of things to say about the grass and letting the land rest and our neighbor and refugees and immigrants and the things that we eat, right? Uh, there are very specific uh, things the law has to say about uh, what it means to live holy lives. And so, um, wrapping up this morning, let's do, let's do terms and uh, maybe we can close this out. Uh, faith. It's a good time there. They're like, we've been here for an hour. Uh, <laughs> faith. Uh, what if faith has a lot to do with um, God's faithfulness to us and then our faithfulness back to God and to one another in creation? Uh, I wonder if salvation cannot be separated from your faithfulness to me and my faithfulness to you as God has taught, taught us all how to be faithful, right? To be in healing relationship to all creation. Sin! Is when we fall out of not just right relationship with our brother or sister, but with creation itself, right? With God who created it, right? It's when we don't show up, right? It's easier not to show up. And salvation this morning is when we do show up in total vulnerability, right? In love, ready to lose maybe what we have so that others uh, might live. And it's in that dance uh, that we must continue this morning knowing that God has shown up for us. And so we this morning are taught how to show up ourselves. Uh, and so Paul tells the church, uh, anyone can be a part of it. Um, I would suggest this morning that we all must. Uh, and so let's pray this morning. And then we'll invite the kids back in their ways. Lord God, 
Some of us come here in all sorts of places and ways this morning. Uh, maybe there's just a little bit of struggle going on in some of our lives. Uh, maybe we're tired. Maybe we're just sort of burnt out a little bit. Um, Lord, there's no shortage of things going on in our lives. And sometimes maybe what we need most out of a Sunday morning is just to breathe. Lord, please help us to receive that. Lord, we know that we can do that this morning because you are a faithful God and that you are with us and that you are for us and that you will never leave us or forsake us. And that is who you are, uh, Lord. You are a God who uh, loves even when we do not love. And it is in that this morning that we do uh, hope and that we do have faith and that you teach us what it means to be a faithful people, a people who can proclaim salvation with every action that we take, God. And as we choose to opt in, Lord, this morning, in doing that, Lord, we ourselves even escape uh, a sinful life uh, of opting out uh, of this relationship that we have with each other, with all of creation, and with this very morning that is before us right now, God, as we prepare to enjoy a meal together. And so we give you thanks this morning for your grace, for your kingdom, for your love that continues to wash over us this morning even when we don't realize it or feel like it or know it uh, this morning. So <coughs> help us to rest in that, we pray. In your name, amen. amen. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord.